It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you, with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations, so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Trekkers. Welcome back to the Transfer Tracker Podcast. I'm your host, Scott and it's May 2nd. Hallelujah, people. Hallelujah. We have made it. <laughs> We've made it through the May 1st deadline to gain immediate eligibility next year. Anyone that goes into the portal after that after that deadline a couple of days ago will have to apply for a waiver to get immediate eligibility. So I think we pretty much know who... The big players are at this point. I mean, I'm sure there will be a few stragglers here and there. You know, things change. Uh, The coach and the guy might have a falling out. He might see someone committing from the portal that he didn't know he was going to have to compete with. So I can see some of that. But at this point, it's pretty much what it is. Most certainly for the most important players that can dictate, you know, where they go. And the coaches are going to want them to stay and be a number one, two, three option. So this is the date we were looking for to. So we finally got here. I'm super excited about that. Now we can move into a new phase where we start tracking, you know, where guys are going more than we have. I think this is going to be the last big portal entrance date. Um, before we get into that... I got my website up, guys. You should go check that out. I got my efficiency ratings up. Um, I'm working on the classes now, the best classes that have committed. We're just starting that. I, I haven't ranked them yet. We'll get into some rankings afterwards. But go check it out, thetransfertrackerpodcast.com. You know, I, I really hyped up, you know, this being the last week and a lot of fence sitters jumping into the portal. Well, it didn't disappoint. I mean, there were there are multiple guys that are – very, very highly ranked, I think, out of all the transfers in the portal. Uh, let's talk about the first one, Isaiah Mosley from Missouri State. And God bless those guys. Man, they have gotten eat up. They're, we'll talk about it in a future episode, like which schools really got hurt badly by the you know portal, by, going, by players leaving. They had to be front and center, one of the worst actually so i feel a little bit bad for them but they're on the board at least they've gotten like seven players back in but uh none of them as good as isaiah mosley who we need to talk about here he's a six foot five 200 pound wing um he averaged 20 points a game six rebounds 2.4 assist versus the 124 strength of schedule 28 per 0.62 true shooting 43 percent from three on 2.1 makes a game just a heck of a player. It's a tough, tough loss for them. I ranked him fourth in my hand-picked model, just, or my hand-picked rankings, just picking him. I ranked him right up above uh, Malachi Smith, who is a very comparable player. It was a tough to decide which one you know, should be higher, but I, I was thinking fourth. I mean, this is a guy. He's got good size. He makes three-point shots at a better point percentage and pace than Malachi Smith, but they're both awesome players at this level, four and five. In my actual efficiency model, he came up 13th behind Pete Nance, who we'll talk about in just a moment here. Most certainly one of the 
biggest transfers on the portal, one of the most consequential last week, certainly entering the portal since we've had a chance to talk. Uh, be very interesting to see where he goes. Let's talk about Pete Nance, who I mentioned a while ago. Six foot ten, two twenty five, played at Northwestern in the Big Ten. Fifteen points a game, seven rebounds, nearly three assists, versus the sixty six strength of schedule, twenty five PER. Heck of a player. Big get on this uh, in this portal. I've got him on my board at number twelve in my efficiency bottle. He's about fifteenth in in my hand pick rankings, but you know I'm have to lean maybe lean to it a little bit more towards the efficiency model on this one. So he's number twelve on my efficiency model. Ryan Young is number twenty one, also from Northwestern, also a big man. Uh, Chris Collins, tough losses. <laughs> Those two very very highly efficient big men in the Big Ten. You know, so they're obviously very good players. They can play anywhere and be, you know, be very good. Tough losses for Chris Collins. The only thing more fitting would be if they both went to Duke, you know, because they got the academics. Just go ahead and let them in the Duke, and, you know, John Shire can get all the great timing things. You know, that's one thing. All these Duke assistants, man, just they were born 15 years too late, you know. They had to, like, move along and uh, get real jobs, and then, you know, John Shire just walks in at the right time, and it's like, hey, I haven't lost at, you know, Marquette or Northwestern. So, (laughs) tough year for those guys, and uh, Chris Collins as well. I'm kind of surprised he still has a job, actually, but, yeah, maybe that's a little unfair. I mean, Northwestern is a tough job, but. You know, he should have stayed in the nest. He should have stayed in the Duke nest until he could have got a, a better job, you know. Maybe not Big Ten. Just, you know, go to a job you can win like crazy, and then then they would want you. Like, go to Murray State and just win like 30 games. Go 30-2, and two, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, let's, let's get that guy. In case you can't pick up on it, I'm not a big fan of like the, you know, the Duke culture in Kansas and North Carolina before that where they just hire, you know, these coaches that have – you know, never prove anything. They just got done playing two years ago. They're a video assistant, and then they're on the bench. I mean, like, I, I kind of think, if, if at least if it was my school, I'd want a guy that had worked his way up the coaching ladder on actual talent. Like, maybe he was a D2 player, and he, you know, got into coaching at the, you know, I don't know, the MEAC, and, like, worked his way up to, you know, doing something. Actually prove, proved his coaching ability, because it's a different thing. Just not like a you know, silver spoons type thing. And maybe they're still talented. You know, they could very well be very good coaches. I think Hubert Davis is actually a very impressive coach at this point. But, you know, there's a lot of a lot of examples where it doesn't work out. And I don't think necessarily they put in the, you know, the, the, the effort and the time to – they didn't really prove that talent. But uh, we're getting off on a different tangent for another day. But, you know, maybe the reason why I like Hubert Davis is he was at least different. He did go to the NBA and, you know, he saw Pat Riley coach at least and, you know, guys like that. You know, I I mentioned earlier that uh, Missouri State was hurt by the portal. This next team was absolutely destroyed. Wow. I mean, they just – they lost all their best players essentially – and that I'm talking about St. Bonaventure. You got to feel bad for these guys. I mean, they built a program, a, you know, it's Atlantic Ten program, a good solid program. They went to the NCAA last year as a nine seed. They actually were quite good. 
and they were you know ranked highly this year but they underachieved a bit but then they really didn't they went to the nit final four which i think is actually a big accomplishment you know a lot of people shit on it but i think it's totally solid i, I think that it's very comparable to say their team before the first, the year before went to the ncaa tournament but they were a nine seed and lost in the first round i think it's kind of a a very similar type thing and people can agree disagree with me on that but you know i think it's something it, you've done something and this is a good team it's uh, a little sad for them you know they had to had to be feeling like they had dodged a bullet because all these guys entered the portal in the last week which had to suck the the most it was like it was like when they broke the dam you know and they were like we're all getting the hell out of here and that's exactly what they did and the the best of them in my opinion at least who my model like the most uh, as well. Oshun Oshuni, number 15 on my efficiency. He's six foot ten, two twenty. 220, uh, has a seven foot eight wingspan, one of the longest wingspans uh, in basketball, period, anywhere. And they also lost Jaron Holmes, Dominic Welch, and Kyle Lofton, who were all in my top 150. I mean, they all averaged over, you know, 12.8 points per game, you know, Lofton averaged six assists a game. Welch, six uh, rebounds. Holmes, five rebounds. But they've all had even possibly better seasons even before. So they just incredible loss. you got to feel bad for these guys. You know, I, I get it, man. Like, I, I pull for bad team. Uh, and you had a good team to be to lose it like this. you got to be cursing at the NIL and the transfer portal and all that. I don't blame you, man. Tough losses for you guys. Sad. All right, let's talk about Matthew Mayer. Meyer. I think it's Meyer, actually. Six foot nine, 225 from Baylor. He's got a mullet. You know him. He's got a national championship. He's got a championship ring, so I don't feel that bad for him or Baylor. It's like, whatever. I mean, I, I know they, they actually replaced him with, a I think, a dude from BYU who I didn't think it was as good. I don't even really have him on my list, but... Anyway, I mean, this guy, he's he's a, a six foot nine, two twenty five pound guy, ten points per game, five rebounds versus the eighteenth straight of the schedule, nineteen PR. That's a legit dude right there, you know. Point five seven true shooting. He he's even had like a twenty five PR in their championship year. Which I've been thinking about this, you know, like a lot of those were empty gems too. So I, I'm trying to like work out how how we need to view those years like if you've just had like a much better year is that because it was empty gyms and the the crowd yeah i don't know there's there's lots of complexities to this but regardless we know this guy's a good player a a 20 pur player who averages 10 and 5 on a a baylor team i mean that's a damn good player so someone's gonna get a good player he didn't shoot as well this year that was the main thing you know like Empty gyms that could probably help with shooting. We saw that in the uh, the bu- NBA bubble. The shooting was like way up from what it normally is. So just something to think about. And I, I'm always I'm always for more information. I'm not married to any thought. New information comes in, I can adjust. I, I've been wanting to mention that, but Texas is probably not the uh, best example to mention that because they, they did have some fans during the COVID year. But just something to think about. For another day uh and the guy who was actually replaced uh this dude mayor meyer mayor 
John Mayer. That's what's in my mind. <laughs> Caleb Lawner from BYU. Six foot eight, two thirty. It's like his replacements. Even he's even got the weird hair. You should look his picture up. Caleb Lawner, and then uh, Matthew Meyer. It's like the battle of the weird hairs. But uh, the Matthew Meyer was like the much better player. That's the thing. Whenever I saw this guy, you know, Baylor took him a week and a half before Meyer went into the portal. So you don't know. Maybe maybe they had a sense that Meyer was going to go into the portal, or maybe that. He came in, and then Meyer's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna get the hell out of here. You got a you got a new dude with kind of wild hair, so like, and he's taking my position. Maybe like I'm just gonna go the hell on and like start somewhere because I can, you know, do that because he's a better player. This dude was only like a seven point six rebound, eleven per guy." Whereas the other guy, he had a 25 PR and a 19 PR, and he was on the national championship team. So I don't know what the situation is there. I can't do all the research, guys. I'll have to look into that one. We'll get it back on the next one, though. I just remember this this crazy hair guy here was, like, replacing him. So And he's not as good. He's, like, the, the poor man version, I think. Side note, it's, it's amazing what a, uh, a mullet or a mustache or some – bleach blonde hair can do for for your career man it's probably like i think it shows in twitter you know they they're more noticeable and I, this it's just a thing it's just what's going on in 2022 get you a mullet you get some we'll remember your ass we'll, hey like hey yeah it's the mullet dude from the baylor national championship team hey it's the doug from st peter's <laughs> so maybe this bleach blonde guy from byu can can be the next guy and I, I don't even know if he's bleach blonde. He might be natural blonde. It looked kind of bleach. You know, you never know. I'm not checking roots or anything, people here. But you know who I'm talking about. That's the point. <laughs> you know the you know the mullet guy from Baylor. You know the uh, the mustache guy from St. Peter's. Yeah, and mullets and mustaches. Those are my people. Rock on. Okay, so we're getting a, a little sidetrack. Uh, Let's let's try to speed through these a little bit. I mean, we got a lot to get to, guys. This is a big update, you know. Donald Carey, six foot five, two eighty seven, Georgetown. Why would you ever want to leave Georgetown? I mean, they're they're like you know, zero and twenty in the Big East. Who wouldn't want to stay on that team? But this is actually, I don't think you can necessarily blame it on this guy. I'm sure his defense was not very good, but he was he was competent offensively. Uh, Fourteen points a game, four rebounds. Three assists versus a good schedule. Of course, you know when you're the worst team in the the Big East, you you're not going to be able to play yourself. So, you know it kind of helps your schedule out. That's something to think about. Seventeen per point five eight true shooting. So that's good. I mean, you can't knock the guy. He at least he was efficient. Thirty nine percent from three. Two point three mates a game. Someone I would certainly be trying to get if I was anyone in the country. Let's talk about this next guy, DJ Burns. He's a kind of interesting dude six foot nine 260 pound plays at winthrop and they had a coaching change their coach uh went to charleston you know, college of charleston they had a, a new coach but what's so weird about this is he didn't play any more really under this guy than he did pat kelsey the last guy he played 15 minutes a game two years ago and then he played 21 minutes a game this year so like I get it, dude. Get the hell out of there because you're highly efficient. He must be, just be shit-tastic on defense. That really wasn't that bad the first year, but you know, last year, 101 defensive rating. But 
The dude has like a 30 PER point. Let's see, 29 PER this year, 27 the on the 23 and two team the COVID year, and then 26 his first year. He has a career 27 PER, a point six zero true shooting. He's six foot nine. He plays in the Big South, so of course he's kicking ass. But I mean, there's more to it. I think than than that. I just think he's probably pretty damn good. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a game. Five rebounds, playing 21 minutes a game, you know. Like, this dude needs a bigger chance. And you don't want to give it to him, he's going to transfer. So you got to think about this thing. I think if you're a coach, I mean, like, you, you can't put the dude, like, kicking ass and with a 28 PER on the bench. He's not going to stay there when he's got a free transfer. Why would you stay there? And I, I get it, guys. Everybody's going to be like, oh, PER doesn't account for defense. We, okay, we all understand what... PER is. We all understand the weaknesses of PER at, at this point. But he had, this guy had like a point ninety defensive rating at other points in his career. So I, I don't necessarily buy that. I, you know, why was he playing 15 minutes a game? I'm sure he's, he's much better than other players on that team. So I, I, you know, and the thing is, like, even if the coach has a reason, it's like, dude, you're going to lose this guy. And he is obviously one of the, the best guys on your team. I'm like, you, why are you playing him 15 freaking minutes a game? You're going to lose his ass. And they did. So who's right on this? I mean, he's gone. So someone's getting a, a good player, and they might even play him, you know, God forbid, 25 minutes a game next year. Or 30. Who knows? And, you know, and everybody will know who – Probably who his name is. So we'll, we'll we'll track that one. We'll see. I, I don't think I'd want to be the guy that lost him because he played 20 minutes a game. You know, had to be somewhat accountable for that. Even though he's a new coach, maybe he won't be less. It wasn't his guy, but you know, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. All right, let's talk about Noah Waterman, who is a another dude with some hair. We'll just say that. Yeah, he's six foot eleven, two ten. Played at Detroit with Antoine Davis. So this was his stretch big, and he was a hell of a stretch big. He is a career 44% three-point shooting uh, as a six foot eleven guy, a little skinny, but he was highly efficient at least one season. He's had a weird up-and-down career, 21 PER, .722 true shooting. That's because he shot 50-some freaking percent from three-point range. Listen to this. Look, listen to this craziness, man. 53% from three, 2.5 makes a game. That's 38 of 72. That was in 15 games. So that's not a small sample. That's 15 games playing 27.4 minutes a game. He averaged 12 points that year, 4.5 rebounds, uh, 0.7 blocks. So he's not doing much big big man things necessarily. I mean, 27 minutes to get 4.5 rebounds, that's pretty lame. And he was just about as lame this year on the rebounds. 25 minutes, 4.0. And blocking no shots, uh, doing not much else. He's free throw shooting for a guy that's shooting 52% in one season and 44% for his career. And that's on 1.8 makes a game. That's legit volume, guys. 64% from the line. Which, granted, is only on 70 attempts from the line. So this guy never gets to the free throw line. But he doesn't make free throws, so I, I don't. I'm. It makes me skeptical of like, is this real? Is this three point shooting percentage? Is that real, man? I mean, yes, you are eighty of one eighty two for forty four percent in your career. 
But was that 53%? Was that just a total fluke and you're like really more of like a 37% guy like you were this year? Like when you shot 36 and 96? I think that's, I would tend to think that was probably more the real thing just because 52%, no one does that. No one does that. And it was COVID year, the COVID empty gym. This is the example. This is the COVID empty gym example where it's like, you know, is that real? I, I don't know. Like I, it, it just, it's just something to think about. It's information, you know. I mean, I'm going to say he's a 44% guy at nearly two makes a game. That's incredible. He's six foot ten or six foot eleven even, but he doesn't do big man things. So he's just a he's just a strange player. But one that that if I had a scholarship to give and it wasn't like a, I wasn't counting on him to be the the starter. You know, he was just the ninth, eighth or ninth man. I'd totally give it to this guy because you can always use some three point shooting, and he seems to be able to do that. Okay, let's try to speed round this a little bit, guys. Jamarion Sharp, he's seven foot five inches tall, but only two hundred and twenty-five pounds. But that doesn't matter. He blocks everything. Four point six blocks a game, eight points, eight rebounds, uh, twenty-four PER, sixty-eight percent true shooting, ninety percent defensive rating. Played at Western Kentucky. He's transferring. He was a JUCO the year before, I believe. So yeah, this this is a guy you would obviously he could help any defense pretty much and you seven foot five you want this type of guy yeah if you're gonna take like a flyer on the guy I don't think this guy he doesn't really project to be a, a thirty minute per game guy and just probably fouls and you know I mean seven foot five how many of those guys really play all the game but he can he can impact the defense so definitely he's gonna be highly sought after I would think. This next guy, you could kind of see the writing on the wall last year. I mean, this was a big-time transfer from Arizona who was like a top-20 consensus you know, player. Jordan Brown, I think was his name. He went to Louisiana. Well, they already had a, a heck of a big man. I'm talking about one of the, the best big men. He had had like a 25 PER, just, you know, big man stats, does, does all kinds of things, and now he's transferring. So who could have seen that coming? You bring in another six foot eleven guy, you know, and he's a center, and this guy can only play center. And it's like, yeah, he's leaving, and now he's going to go to NC State, Ole Miss, Penn State, or South Carolina. He's down to his final four. Theo Aquaba, and you know, I get it. You take you take the best talent you can when it's available. I think you got to do that. But these dudes literally play both the same position. They, I think they tried to play them together some this year. Let's look at this. Um, Twenty-five. Yeah, they played. They played about five or six minutes together. But you, you know, when you, you and they they weren't as good. I don't think the team was as good this year as they were the previous years with whenever he was like starting i guess you just got to take jordan brown he was he was good he was 15 points nine rebounds let's see the year before 17 and nine you know i guess they're about the same sort of team i guess you got like if you were if you're offered a player like jordan brown from arizona who was like a 10 point per game guy arizona top 20 recruit you got to take him but you lose this guy so there's so many complexities just considering like the team dynamics, like if I bring in this guy as my other, as my other star player, my good center, is he going to get pissed off and is he going to leave? Yeah, that's what happened, man. So it's like, it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Sometimes it's kind of crazy.
<laughs> just you got wow. You just got to think about so much when you're like bringing these guys in and and. But I think I think the guy did the right thing. You get a chance at that type of talent, you bring him in, you hope it works. Figure it out. And he gets to figure it out now, what he's going to do in the portal after after uh, this guy. So, yeah. Effie Ogini. Wow. I can't. Yeah. I've never even heard of this guy. But what is interesting about him is in 2019, he had his best season as a freshman. He averaged 13 points, 10 rebounds per game at UTEP. He's transferred from Troy. Well, he was still quite productive. He had an 18 PER this year, an 18 PER that year. I just thought it was interesting because he's a, a legit double-double guy on a craptastic team. I think they won eight games, but, you know, nonetheless, I mean, it's, he's a guy to watch. Kim Aiken, he transferred to Arizona. He only played seven games, but he didn't do anything to discredit anything he had done before that. He had a, like a 25 PER as reserve, five points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, I think it was. He's six foot seven, two ten. Played at Eastern Washington before that, where he averaged eleven points, nine rebounds, twenty per. He's a good player. Good player. I think maybe a guy people aren't thinking about that. If you're looking for a sleeper under under the radar guy, people might have forgot about him. You know, like forgot about him because he didn't play this year. Really, seven games. So. Yeah, I don't think he was injured or anything. All right, Seneca Knight, six foot seven, two fifteen, played at BYU. He was productive this year, but he did, he had a far less role than he did a couple years at San Jose State. Seventeen points a game, six rebounds, two point four assists, eighteen point four per. Played a legit schedule that year. Ninety three strength of schedule, point five three true shooting. This is another one of those guys. I don't think I don't think people were really give him the credit that he probably deserves. I mean, he didn't really do anything at BYU to discredit, you know, how good he is when he was, like, in the number one option role. Josh Minot from Memphis. We talked about how how efficient he was. He's number six on my efficiency rankings, and I think it's legit. I think this is a guy you you got to keep an eye on. I mean, he's he, he didn't play that role last year. He was a highly recruited freshman, but he only played 14 minutes a game. But I don't care. I mean, I think that <laughs> this is one of those guys that played a backup role, a you know, reserve role. That he he totally he didn't do anything. He he only made his case stronger. He looks like he is going to be a stud at some point, and maybe he's transferring because he wanted to play more. And he probably deserved, honestly, he deserved to play more. I think on Memphis's team last year, he's that good. Sure, it's a small sample, and I could be proven wrong. But when you've shown it, when you've shown that, and you already have the pedigree, I, I don't doubt you. Like I, I think he is, and he was doing it against a, a top-notch defense. You know, strength of schedule, defensive strength of schedule. So I have no doubts that this guy can be productive in a bigger role. I think, and I think we'll see that this year as someone that I'm keeping my eye on for sure. Okay, guys, we're going along. A good while now. I think we'll wrap this up. I got one more to talk about. Josh Mubala from Buffalo. And he started his career at Texas Tech. So he has that pedigree. He's six foot seven, two twenty. His best season was two years ago, the COVID year. Averaged fifteen points, nearly eleven rebounds a game, twenty-five PR at Buffalo. Buffalo's a good solid mid major type program. He and he's got a career twenty-four PR point five five true shooting. Totally solid. Six foot seven. 
uh, 220. I watched some video of him. He handles the ball very well for his size, and he actually got to the rim. He would get the ball a lot of times very far out towards the free throw line or the um, you know the nearly the three point line, and would just drive it in and and score and make things happen. Very impressive player, though. Okay, guys. So that was our last. I think what will be our last big update. I appreciate you being with me. Um, very consequential players going into the portal here in the last week of the before the May first deadline. I'm I'm happy we're we're beyond it now. We can move into the different phase of talking about the teams more than anything. I got things planned. We'll keep talking, guys. I appreciate you being with here with with me here and. Uh, Go check out my Twitter, uh, the Transfer Tracker Podcast. Like, leave a review if you want to do that sort of thing. I'm not telling you to, but I could I could use it. I'm, I'm just getting started out in this. I, I'm enjoying it, but uh, it's a process, and I'm not so good at advertising, so i got to remember to like pump up some stuff. Go check out my website. I'm, I'm pretty happy, pleased with how that's turned out, getting on the efficiency stuff, thetransfertrackerpodcast.com. So go check that out. Make that a uh, resource that you can, you know, track along and follow this. I, I update it pretty pretty regularly, a couple times, two or three times a week. So check that out and not going to say it. See you later, guys. Rock on. At Vanguard, this is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy, the beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined, and Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.